0: Hey beautiful people, I'm so excited to share with you today the 10 myths religion taught you about sex that could probably be killing your sex life. This topic hits me at my core because many of these myths are ones that I got raised with and I eventually had to find my own truth in the matter because I knew that they weren't true deep down. And it took a long time, a lot of coaching and therapy and deconditioning to really figure out what my truth was. Being raised Southern Baptist, there were so many things that I discovered to be, you know, just not true when I got serious about revolving my sexual shame and guilt. And I didn't realize how much these things, these myths, were affecting my sex life until they weren't anymore. So let's dive in. The first myth is that women are responsible for men's sexual behavior. Religion, as you know, is mostly run by men. And Religion makes women feel like they're the responsible party for men's sexual behavior. That's why most religions teach that women should dress modestly and all prim and proper. So basically, this myth perpetuates the boys will be boys mentality and lets boys and men off the hook of personal responsibility. Well, the truth here is that everyone, no matter what gender or sex, is responsible for their own sexual behavior. This planet is moving toward and evolving into a post-victim mentality mentality society, whether you like it or not, where everyone takes responsibility for their actions. And yeah, we are very far from that, but religion is part of the reason why we haven't gotten there any sooner. And the reason that this myth is killing your sex life is because from day one, you were taught by religion that you were the original sinner in the garden of Eden, if you're willing listening to this podcast. And that makes you grow up with an unconscious layer of guilt. So when you associate your womanhood with guilt and responsibility for others, you're literally plugging the cap on your ability to feel alive and free in your own sensual and sexual nature. Women are also taught from religion, especially like the Bible, is that, you know, if there are sexual problems in the relationship, then it's her fault. But you know, maybe she's not doing it right or she's not putting out and then somehow that gives men a free pass to do whatever they want, right? (laughs) Well, if religion didn't make women responsible for men's pleasure, then maybe they would actually want to have sex with men. The truth is no woman is responsible for any other person's sexual behavior, misbehavior, or sexual response in any way, shape, or form. The second myth that religion taught you that could be killing your sex life is that the flesh and body is of the world and of the devil. This one is a complete conundrum for me because religion teaches that you shouldn't trust your body and its urges or that you shouldn't go along with them unless you're married. It's totally okay if you're married, but it's not, it's not okay if you're not married. So basically religion says that your body is evil and it's wrong if you're not married, but when you are, it's, it's okay. Okay. That's completely insane because even if God or Goddess or what the fuck ever did create your body, then how could something that he or she created be of the devil and evil? How could you know? And and how could the devil be either either? <laughs> well, that's completely insane because even if God or Goddess or whatever did create your body, then how could something that he or she create be evil or bad? Well, the truth is your body is a body and it's sacred, regardless of your freaking relationship status. It doesn't matter. Your sexuality doesn't care what your relationship status is. And the sacredness of your body doesn't change based on relationship status, what I've found to be true for me is that my body has been a portal to discover my own truth in this world. And I have no doubt that it can be the same for you. The reason that believing this myth could be killing your sex life is because if you believe that your body is inherently bad, you're not going to trust it. You're not going to accept it. You won't feel confident in it and you won't feel free inside of your body. And if you're not confident and feeling free in your body, you're going to take that into your sex life and it's going to keep you from having magical sensual sexual experiences. The third myth that religion taught you that could be killing your sex life is that marriage makes sex amazing. (laughs) Not going to lie. Many of the most miserable couples that I talk to are married. Yes, they are. Getting married will not magically make your sex life better. In fact, it often makes it worse if you don't put any effort to keep things exciting and fun. And if you've ever read the book or heard of the book, Mating in Captivity, Unlocking Erotic Intelligence by Esther Perel, you discover that it takes a lot of work to maintain desire and attraction over the long haul in a monogamous relationship. Sex is usually amazing within the first six months to one and a half years of any relationship, but after the initial falling in love period wears off, the brain goes back to its baseline and you no longer have biochemistry working on your side to make things exciting and fun. And you will actually have to put in the effort to make it exciting and fun yourself. So no, getting married has nothing to do with the quality of sex. The work that you choose to put into improving your sex life and going the extra mile to make things fun and exciting does, married or not. The reason this myth is killing your sex life is because it makes you believe that once you get married, you won't have to put any effort or work into this part of your relationship. and It makes you think that if your sex life has gotten difficult or it's not very good anymore, then maybe there's something wrong with you or maybe you're just not meant to be together, which is totally not the case or probably not the case at least. The truth is your sex life takes work too, just like staying healthy. You can't expect to not put any any attention onto it and somehow it's just going to stay good for the long haul. So go out there and make the extra effort to improve your sex life by working with me and one of my coaching programs. (laughs) The fourth myth is that homosexuality is a sin. It's hard to believe that people still think that the way they are born and wired could be inherently wrong and sinful. And it's even harder to believe that some people still don't believe that it's how you're born. And it's hard to believe that this discussion is still going on in some religious circles and that it's even op- not open for discussion in others. The truth is you are attracted to whoever you're attracted to, and it doesn't matter if they're male, female, or intersexed. The reason that this myth could be killing your sex life is because there are plenty of couples out there who are too afraid to express their sexual desires and fear that their partner will question their gender identity and have a problem with it. And because there are couples out there whose partner really is homosexual or somewhere in between and is just too afraid to admit it or come to terms with it, so they do everything they can within the relationship until maybe one day they just can't deny that truth anymore and then they end up causing a lot of hurt and pain to the other partner. One big fear that I often hear too, is that if a man enjoys anal or prostate play, that might make him bisexual or homosexual. And that absolutely is not the case all the time. Men are capable of experiencing anal and prostate orgasms. And just because they might desire that sort of pleasure does not necessarily make them homosexual or bisexual. And even if they are, who cares? When you try and repress your desires and deny your truth, it can cause others a lot of pain and unnecessary heartache. So if homosexuality is a sin, then how in the world is you repressing it and faking attraction not? Come on, people. This one you just got to move on from. No matter if you're homosexual, bisexual, queer, transgender, non-binary, whatever, no one gender identity is better than the other, and all are equally beautiful expressions of the vast range of sexual expression that we are capable of having on this planet. The fifth myth that religion taught you about sex that could be killing your sex life is that the less sexual you are, the more godly. This one is one that the church that I grew up in really hammered in. It's almost as if they wanted you to deny your sexuality and denounce it completely because the more that you did, the more godly and holy you were after I stopped going to church when I was 15, I'd heard that there were some mystical traditions that taught that you could become sexually enlightened through sexuality. Well, I wasn't sure where I'd heard that from, except uh, when I was in high school, I had to do a history project on a particular religion. So naturally, I chose Hinduism. And I believe that's where I first came across Tantra and this idea that you know, sexuality and enlightenment and sacredness were a thing, but when I finally started learning Tantra and discovering my own truths and what I believed in, it became clear to me that the more sexually expressed that I allowed myself to be and the more acceptance I gave to my sexuality, the closer that I felt to the divine. When you try to deny, denounce, or get rid of any part of yourself, you actually give it power over you and it often gets bigger and stronger. So if you're trying to deny your sexuality because it will make you more godly, well, good luck with that to be heard. Because the last I heard, anger and resentment and self-hatred don't make you feel any closer to God either. The sixth myth that religion taught you that could be ruining your sex life is that menstruation, birth, and menopause are God's punishment to women. The opposite of this myth is what a lot of women are beginning to wake up to, and I could not be more elated about this. A couple of years ago, you would never have seen menstruation workshops going on in cities all over America, webinars on cyclical living, like moon circles happening all over the planet, and how to get out of the masculine-dominated society. Society by tapping into your own body's feminine wisdom. Like this is becoming super common nowadays. And sadly, women still. Feel ashamed to admit, or they're afraid of being judged when they have pleasurable, ecstatic, or even orgasmic birth experiences. I remember being 13 and getting my period for the first time and having absolutely no clue what to do because my mom was so weird about it and she never talked about it to me. And it didn't help that I ended up not taking sex ed in the seventh grade because my mom didn't want me to. So thankfully, I ended up getting my period later than most of my friends and I had heard about what would happen. And I'd read some textbooks, but it made me feel so confused about my body. And it made me feel like I should be disgusted by it, even though I really wasn't disgusted by it. And menopause. Oh my goodness. Most women get taught the most insane things about all of their big life transitions. So Instead of celebrating them and getting excited about them, most of us got told by religion that our bodies are just a medical problem waiting to happen, an inconvenient and painful, dirty thing that women have to endure so that they remember their original sin and remember how awful it is to be a woman wowza. They just could not be more wrong, y'all. When I decided to change my narrative about menstruation, birth, and menopause and ditch the religious bullshit stories, I discovered the wisdom of my cycle, even though it can be inconvenient at times. That's just a given. But there's so much wisdom in it, it's insane. I discovered the enormous power in my body from giving birth. Your body is so freaking powerful. And if you have ever birthed a baby, no matter how you have birthed that baby, my God, your body is so powerful and I cannot wait for menopause, which I will be calling my second spring by the way, because that's what it's going to be for me, a second spring and a time to call all of my power and my biological power and energy back for my creative pursuits, as opposed to my body spending all of this energy preparing to make a baby that I'm not going to have anymore. <laughs> well, we're religion, would like us to think that these are all painful experiences that we have to endure. Like, oh, you just have to endure it. But women's not-so-secret secret secret bitches is that religion just hasn't caught up to the wisdom and the power of our witchy bodies, our mad power, and our witchy magical ways. And so be it, because we don't need them to burn us at the stake again. Number seven, the more people you have sex with, the dirtier, tainted, and unvaluable you are reclaiming your inner slut is just the anecdote to this religious and societal gender exclusive myth that we all need if you still believe this myth and don't carry a sense of pride that you are a grown-ass woman who gets to choose who to sleep with or not then babe you've got some work to do if you get still offended and you're not looking at people like they're crazy when they call you a slut you've got work to do because men do it all the time and they don't have a problem with it. So why do we, I love how my days as a single mom have helped me to reclaim my inner slut. We all have an inner slut and it is slow, liberating, and empowering to reclaim certain words that have been used by religion and patriarchy to try and shame women for things that they have no business feeling ashamed about. Because what I have found to be true for me is that the more men that I have slept with, the more compassionate I have become for the wider range of challenges and issues that we all face when it comes to our sexuality. And the more thankful I am for every single freaking man in my life that I've had the pleasure of being with and the unique expression of how he has chosen to adore me. So I am curious religion. How does that make me dirtier? tainted, and unvaluable. The point is, it doesn't. Shame is nothing more than a really low vibe emotion that religion has imposed on you to try and control you and keep you within its confines, and they have done a really good job for most people. But if you really want to feel free and good in your sexuality and not take that shame to even the sanctioned bed of marriage Then you have to stop telling yourself that you should feel bad about how many men or women that you have slept with Because shame also has a way of needing to be fed So it often gets you into addictive patterns and emotions that make you do things that you're ashamed of to feed the shame even more again Here we are with trying to repress our emotions and them just getting louder and needing more attention. Now, the eighth myth that religion taught you about sex that might be killing your sex life is that all men care about is sex. This is not true. I have talked with so many women who are the higher desire partner in their relationship, and I have always been the higher desire partner myself and all my relationships. And it is super belittling to men to assume that all that they care about is sex. I truly believe that men are more sensitive than women, but that their sensitivity often gets squashed or repressed by their caregivers, their parents, whoever, that make them feel like they're less of a man for being sensitive and expressing their emotions. If this had never happened to them though, I think that men would be so much more in touch with feelings and care more about intimacy and connection. And it's not that they don't care about intimacy and connection. Most of them just don't even realize that's what they're really wanting and craving deep down because it's so repressed. This myth could be killing your sex life because if you assume that your male partner only cares about sex, you are doing him and yourself a disservice by only having sex with him just to have sex. There's just so much more to sex than penis and vagina or however other mix of genitalia you want to go there. So if that's all you think that he cares about, well, first of all, you're wrong. And second of all, you should probably consider communication and connection issues that you're having instead, because if that's what you've come to believe about your male partner, then you are not communicating the deeper needs and desires clearly within your relationship. Speaking about your desires, fears, and loves can do so much. Just sharing what each of you truly desires, what each of you fear, and what each of you love about each other can open up the conversation to get to what's really being desired and their relationship, and I guarantee that it's more than penis and vagina sex for the both of you. The ninth myth that religion has taught you that's killing your sex life is that it's a woman's duty to fulfill her man's needs. Um, You're not your man's sex toy, you're not an object, and you're not responsible for anyone else's pleasure, satisfaction, or fulfillment other than your own. Sexual sovereignty is knowing that your body is for you. Your pleasure is for you and you are responsible unto both. And this goes both ways. So if you make your partner responsible for your sexual pleasure and gratification and fulfillment, and then he doesn't fulfill it, you're likely going to feel some level of resentment toward him. And if he makes you responsible for all of his pleasure, and you don't fulfill it, then he'll likely feel some level of resentment toward you. And resentment is a total libido killer if I have ever heard one. Now the 10th myth that religion taught you about sex that is killing your sex life is that only certain parts of your body are meant to be used for sexual pleasure. If you haven't discovered the sacredness of all parts of your body yet, well, you are missing out on a lot of pleasure due to your own self-imposed judgments. In Tantra, all parts of your body are sacred. The entire body is sacred. It is a temple for the divine to be expressed through you. And the body is a map of the divine itself. That's what the chakra system is all about. If you judge certain parts of your body as wrong or not worthy of pleasure or not acceptable for pleasure, then you know you have some body image and self judgment work to do. What I've found to be true is that all parts of your body are and can be sexual and that all parts of the body are sacred there's no need to separate the the sacred from the sexy. And when I discovered that to be true for myself, that's when my pleasure and orgasmic capacity went through the roof. And I started experiencing all sorts of orgasms and multiple orgasms in ways that I didn't even know you can have. If you believe the myth that only certain parts of your body are meant for sexual pleasure, then you're cutting yourself off from a massive amount of pleasure and orgasmic potential available to you. Listen to episode 15 for more on that, what you might be missing out on. All right, people, that's a wrap for the 10 myths that religion taught you about sex that are killing your sex life. If you listened to those and you realize that at least one or two of them were still things that you might still believe a little bit, uh, then just know that you can change that story with help. Head to www.themultiorgasmicmama.com and learn about my different programs and offerings to help you release the guilt and shame and the negative stories and conditioning around your sexuality so you can feel like the divine sex goddess or sex god that you are and that you were put on this planet to be. So much love.